Welcome to Newly Nutrition, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Johnson, founder of Woo Girl Wellness and certified holistic nutritionist. This podcast was created to inspire, educate, and motivate holistic nutritionists just getting started on their business journey. Think of me as your wellness biz bestie, and I'm guiding you through the different ventures you can explore in the health and wellness space by interviewing established health professionals who make a living doing what they love. If they can do it, so can you. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Newly Nutrition, the podcast. It's so exciting that this is um, officially the third week now. There are five episodes. This will be the sixth episode, and it's a very special one. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for supporting this podcast and journey and listening and for all of your feedback. Just a reminder that there is a Facebook group to connect. It's just Newly Nutrition, the podcast on Facebook. Anyone can join, and it is a space to build a community of uh, practitioners just getting started on their business journey. So we can connect, be wellness biz besties, share resources, network, share other tips, and just chat about business and all things wellness. This episode is so good. I was just listening back to it and was reminding of so many important details when you are running a business and how important it is to focus on your mindset, have a morning routine, um, just implement these daily self-care regimens to ensure a stable mental health um, positivity because it's so important when you are in the space, you know, starting your own business. It's so easy to spiral and really kind of lose sight of what's important. So in this episode, we'll really dive deep Our guest is Ariana, and she is a coach, breathwork practitioner, and community facilitator. She struggled with addiction for over 10 years and turned her life around by first focusing on her own health, then then by focusing on serving others. She now uses a variety of modalities to support women in tapping into their inner guidance system so they can share their magic with the world in an authentically aligned way. She had such great tips in here to ensure a holistic business model and just an overall balanced lifestyle mental health is number one and she clearly is very passionate about that and what she does so let's dive in and let me know what you think of the episode and also make sure to join the facebook group all right guys talk soon could you give us a little background of who you are and what you do now Yeah, totally. So I feel like this is a little bit of a loaded question. So I'll be as brief as possible with it. But essentially, just kind of like in your little intro, um, right now, the main thing that I do is I'm a coach and I'm a breath worker. And what I do with that is I help creative entrepreneurs, wellness entrepreneurs, individuals who have a vision for something that they want to bring into the world. And I help them take that vision and turn it into something real. And I do this through both strategic strategic business coaching, helping them learn the basic business skills, understanding marketing, sales, all of that fun stuff that I love to teach about. And then also helping them tap into the deeper energetic layers, the limiting blocks and beliefs and things that may be holding them back from really showing up fully and helping them to move through those things in a supportive way so that they can show up in the loud and proud ways that their people need them to be. 
That's so beautiful. I, I love that you do that. And I feel like now more than ever, these extra resources are being used by entrepreneurs and business owners is, is with mindfulness and using that to their advantage. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how you incorporate breathwork into coaching entrepreneurs. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's funny you say that because when I first started talking about mindset and um, kind of going more into like the energetic world and things like that, it was probably 20, maybe 2014 or 2015. And that was more when I was doing more fitness coaching and personal training and stuff. And at that point, mindset work was not a popular thing. It was definitely not as trendy as it is now. So people used to look at me like I was super, super weird. Whereas now it's finally coming more into the mainstream. So I think people think I'm a little bit less cuckoo when I bring these things up, which I feel good. Um, But really, you know, we, there's so many aspects to mindfulness and essentially mindfulness is just being able to be aware of the present moment. And in our busy dopamine addicted worlds where we have so many distractions and things going on. And um, I don't know, are are you based in Vancouver? Yes, I'm in Vancouver. Cool. Yeah. So in Vancouver here as well, we live super, super busy lives and it's really easy to, um, on a mental level, get caught up in all of these different things that we have on the go and things we're trying to juggle, but on a physiological level as well, our nervous systems are running in overdrive. And we think that in order to perform at our maximum level, to serve the people that we want to serve, to build these big and beautiful and wonderful businesses that we need to be on the go all the time. And we start to miss these subtle cues that our bodies and our minds are giving us that we actually need to slow down. And so by incorporating various forms of mindfulness, meditation, breath work, different ways that we can work with the body and the nervous system, it allows us to actually slow down, to look at what really does need our attention. And every time in my own business and with my clients that I work with, when we do stop uh, getting caught up in the hustle and when we aren't trying to be on the go all the time, things actually flow a lot easier. We can create content from a more aligned and authentic space. We tend to attract the clients who we're meant to work with rather than just like desperately trying to go out and find clients. So it's really about slowing things down and getting into that flow state, which I know is a little bit of a buzzword these days, but it's actually very, very true so that we can create a business from that space rather than from like hustling because we're worried about what will happen if we don't. Mm, I love that. And so when you're coaching someone, could you give kind of like maybe some things you see really frequently or common just problems that people have um, about slowing down and little tips and tricks you could share with our audience? Yeah, definitely. So one of the main things that I hear anytime I invite somebody to slow down is I can't slow down. I have so many things to do. You know, we live busy lives and we live in a society that glorifies busyness. And so there's even though it's detrimental to our health. And especially, you know, if I'm talking to nutritionists and health coaches, we know that stress is not good for us. And yet we often get caught up in that rat race and doing the things that are stressful to our bodies, whether mentally, physically, all of that kind of stuff. So oftentimes what I hear is basically just that I would like to, but I can't. Or yeah, that sounds nice to slow down and take a break, but I have XYZ going on and it's not possible. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I like to do with my clients is to really help them get clear on what are the need to do's in my business and what are the nice to do's in my business. And I really like to push people with this because the things that we think are need to do's like posting on Instagram, um, maybe doing Instagram lives, writing blog posts, all of those different kinds of things, people will often label those as need to do's. But especially if you're new in business, those are actually not need to do's. Those are nice to do's. Um, As an example, in my own business, you know, I've been in business for almost eight years now and my need to do is when I really drill it down are showing up for my clients. So showing up to our sessions, um, doing any kind of prep work or follow up or anything in between. And that's about it. (laughs) Everything else is a bonus. And even though there are tons of experts out there saying you need to be visible and you need to do all of these different things to grow your business, if we're doing all of those things and burning ourselves out in the process, it actually doesn't matter because we're not going to have that longevity that we need that is required in order to build a successful business. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. What would be a, do you ever work with nutritionists? Like what would be, if you're just starting out, what are some need to do's that you kind of see a pattern. Yeah, totally. So I work with a lot of nutritionists. Um, It's funny because I'm actually not a nutritionist. Like as a personal trainer, I have some nutrition training in my background, but we have tons of nutritionists in our community. I think it's just a very Vancouver thing. Um, There's so many passionate individuals here. And so a need to do. Now, I what I think is really important, and I will preface this by saying, This is an important decision, but it's not the most important decision of your life. And it's not something that's set in stone is to just get a little bit of clarity on who you would like to work with. And the beautiful thing about being trained as a nutritionist is that you do have the skills and the knowledge and the ability to essentially work with everybody. But the difficult thing when you're marketing your business and when you're trying to talk to everybody, you end up speaking to nobody. Because you're not speaking, you're not using specific language. You're not speaking to a specific problem that somebody is experiencing or a specific result that they're looking to achieve. And then our marketing tends to get a little bit watered down. People don't resonate as much. They just think it sounds like every other thing that they've heard. Mm -hmm. So brainstorm a few different things. Like, do you love the idea of working with athletes? Do you love the idea of working with women who are looking to, um, maybe they're pregnant and they want to optimize their well-being during pregnancy? Do you want to work with seniors? Just start to brainstorm some of those different categories of people that you might like to work with. And then from there, pick one, try it out. Give it a shot for one month, three months, six months, even a year, and just see how it feels. Because once you have a little bit of clarity on where you're going, it then gives you some clearly defined next steps. And what I would say from there is to then look in your network. Who in your network do you know that either fits that um either fits that demographic or would know people who fit that demographic? 
And what I like to do is to just have my clients start reaching out to people and say, you know, if it's someone who they think they could help, if you're brand, brand new, offer a free session, offer a consultation or something like that. If it's somebody who might know lots of people that fit your demographic, send them a really nice, casual, friendly email, just letting them know you're super excited because you're doing this new thing. And you would be so appreciative if they could connect you with anyone that they think could benefit from your services. Easy as that. And you would be amazed at how much traction you can actually get just by taking those few few first steps. That's amazing advice. And so when you're looking for clients and let's say you do have the, you know, you have the courage to reach out to people, would you recommend like reaching out through social media or LinkedIn or like word of mouth? How would you kind of go about networking? I would do it in whatever way feels most comfortable to you. So, you know, if I'm reaching out to, like when I first started my business, I made a spreadsheet and I put everyone who I could think of who I knew on that spreadsheet. And um, if they were more casual acquaintances, I might send them a text message or I might send them um, like a Facebook message or something like that. Um, But if it's somebody who, you know, if, if it feels like it's a bit more of a professional capacity or if like LinkedIn does just feel more your style, that's totally cool. I don't really use LinkedIn a lot. Um, so that's just me. But I think what's really important here is to just be authentic about it. You know, we've all received messages from people who like we can tell they're like trying to sell us something, but we don't really know what's going on. And we're just kind of like waiting for it. So I just like to be upfront and honest and to, of course, like ask the person how they're doing, what's going on, that kind of thing. And then to just be like, hey, I'm really excited. I'm doing this thing. I just wanted to let you know. And we can keep it super simple like that. It doesn't have to be um, this like super, super formal email or anything like that if that doesn't feel right to you. Okay. I really like how you said to just be super direct and not kind of beat around the bush. I think that's really, could be really helpful you and actually lend clients. Um, And so that would be a need to do. And so that, I feel like in this industry, like you have an idea and you have a project and it takes way more time than you totally anticipated, you know, like maybe you wanted to create a protocol and it takes you two weeks when you only thought it would take you a day. How would you go about managing time and with slowing down at the same time and just ensuring you're taking care of your well-being, especially as a, you know, wellness practitioner and obviously you're offering all of these great tips to your clients. How do you recommend one, like having your flow time? Like how do you get into that flow time and also be super productive? Hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I would suggest that you figure out what are your non-negotiables in your own well-being practice. So for me, that's movement and it's my morning time. it, It is super, super important to me that I have the space in the morning to drink my cacao, to journal, to meditate, to pull some cards, basically just have that really nice, slow, intentional morning that helps me connect with myself and turn inwards before I then go and spend my day being turned outwards. So that's like my main non-negotiable as well as movement. Um, For me, the movement front is a lot easier to fit in. I think just because it's been such a huge part of my life for so long that I don't need to prioritize that in the morning because I know I can squeeze it in wherever else in the day. And I know that there's like a 90% chance it will happen. 
But, you know, if that's, if like exercise or something like that is really, really important to you, wherever possible, I would really encourage folks to try and do that first thing in the morning, whatever first thing in the morning looks like to you, whether it's 5 a.m. or 8 a.m. Because Mm -hmm. we, we are all human beings. We all have a finite amount of willpower. And as our day goes on, it becomes easier and easier to say, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And then eventually later becomes tomorrow. So find out those non-negotiables for your own well-being and prioritize those above all else wherever possible. You know, I'm not perfect. It doesn't happen every day. But if I go like two, three days without my morning time, my goodness, I am very aware of it. And so is my partner. (laughs) Yeah, that's so important to be in tune with yourself and realize, yeah, what are your non-negotiables? And you may think like for me, I think like, oh, I wake up and I'm just like so excited to work on projects that I admittedly forget to do my morning routine, which I do have a lovely routine, but sometimes I'm just so amped ready to start working on a project that I've been working on and I have all these ideas and I almost feel like impatient. And so Mm -hmm. would you recommend for someone like me who just is super eager to force yourself to do that morning routine or to just dive in because you're feeling inspired and creative? It's not really a, like, this isn't a scenario where I can say you should do this or you should do that. What I would encourage, whether it's you or anyone who's listening who resonates with that, is to look at your intention and your energy behind those things. So are you waking up feeling fired up every single day? And does that feeling of being fired up last from morning until night and it's causing you to sit at your computer all day long and not take care of yourself? If so, why is it so difficult to then delay the start of that, right? Like if we know we have that heightened creative energy all day, and if we know we're going to be productive and on it all day long, what's the rush? Why can't Mm -hmm. we take that 20, 30, even 60 minutes in the morning for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you had mentioned um, forcing yourself to sit down and just kind of do that morning ritual you know, different words hold different energies to people. And I know for some, this idea of like, oh, I have to force myself to do my morning routine, that might feel a little harsh. So is there another word that resonates with you more? Is it about cultivating a habit? Um, For me, discipline is something that I'm working with because I've been operating in this very like flowy, um, yeah, just a very flowy state where I haven't had a lot of discipline in my life for the last few years and it's been great and I'm kind of feeling the need to like bring a little bit more in, but in a very compassionate way. So again, like I can force myself to do my morning ritual because I'm just being like a taskmaster and it has to get done. Or I can do it because I'm trying to cultivate a healthy dose of compassionate discipline and so that I can prioritize myself in the day so I have even more creative energy and even more excitement when I go to sit down at my computer. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what if you're working on side hustles, but you also have to have a full-time job? And how do you recommend prioritizing your time in that sense? Yeah, so this was my life for about, I think it was about two years. I started my business uh, late 2013, and then I ended up leaving my job uh, twenty like September of 2015. So I lived that working 17-hour-a-day life for quite a while, and it's not something that I suggest. Um, however, sometimes we do have to look at, like, 
what feels necessary to us in, in those moments. So for me, I was working from 3 to 11.30 p.m. I worked at a hotel, so I was working at the front desk. And so I would work with clients in the morning before that. And then I would basically use any free hour at the hotel where I wasn't having to do hotel stuff on working on my business. So I used that for like creating programs, for like clarifying my message, creating content, things like that. Um, and it really actually forced me to be really focused with the time that I did have with my work. So when I had those few hours in the morning, either to work with clients or to do things to work on my business, there wasn't time for fluff there. I didn't have time to spend like four hours editing a photo on Canva to make sure it looked perfect. This was really what helped me adopt that done is better than perfect mentality and to just let things be messy. Because what ended up happening when I quit my job, I was so excited because I thought, wow, I'm going to have so much more time. And because I had all of this extra time, I actually still ended up working about 17 hours a day for my first maybe one or two months of self-employment, just because the more time I had, the more I spread out my tasks. So I, I love efficiency. I love not trying to get things to be perfect. Um, oftentimes we are the only ones who are really being super, super critical of the way that things look. And I also, something that can be really helpful for time management is to just set a timer. So I'll set a timer for 45 minutes, work on a task. I don't check my phone, don't do anything else. And then I'll give myself like a five or 10 minute break to do whatever it is I need to do. And then I'll set that timer again. And that can really help with focus when you're super short on time. Okay. I do that sometimes. And I do love that. What about you? What about when you're um, just not feeling inspired and you just want to take some time off, or like you've worked really hard and you're like, okay, I am done? Do you recommend what kind of things do you recommend to kind of rejuvenate yourself? Yeah, um, the first thing that I would recommend is to listen to your body. So if your body is exhausted, if your body is burned out, if your body is asking for a break, listen to your body. Again, um, you had already even noted that things that we do will take longer than we think that they will. And growing a business is exactly the same. Like I've been doing this for eight years and don't get me wrong. I'm really grateful for my business and for the success I've achieved, but it took a heck of a lot longer than I thought it would. And so when we're having days where we're feeling tired or burned out or whatever it may be, pushing through for like that short-term gain of potentially getting something done is so not worth the long-term cost of getting into a habit of doing that. I would rather have like slow and sustainable progress rather than pushing, 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 and maybe rising to the top a little bit more quickly, whatever the top actually even means. And then having a, having a big crash and burn because we didn't take care of ourselves in the process. So I'm a huge fan of, you know, really learning to listen to those subtle and oftentimes not so subtle cues that our bodies will give us, but also to look at our, again, looking at the intention or the energy behind the thing. So am I really feeling tired or exhausted or is there some resistance coming up because I'm afraid to do the thing that I'm setting out to do? And if that's the case, then there is a little bit of deeper kind of self-inquiry work that we can do. It might not be sitting at the computer typing away, but there's still some action steps that we can take to begin to gently break down that resistance so that we can expand ourselves both personally and then professionally. 
Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. Can you talk about um, the amazing community that you run right now called Entrepreneurs of Health and Fitness in Vancouver? Yeah, totally. So our community, as you said, uh, Entrepreneurs in Health and Fitness, we call it EHF for short, just to keep it easy. Um, EHF is a community for health, fitness, and wellness practitioners here in Vancouver, and we're actually starting to expand beyond. And ultimately, we believe that when like-minded and like-hearted practitioners work together, everybody benefits. So this is not about, you know, being fearful of the competition. This is not about trying to get ahead of one another. This is about lifting one another up as much as possible because there is room for each and every one of us at the table. We all have something unique to offer both to our communities of clients and to one another. And it's been so amazing over the years. I'm actually not the founder of this community. I took over as the owner in, I came on as partner in 2018, and then I took over full ownership early last year. And just from both my own experience as a founding member in the community, and then in terms of like seeing what um, members and students in our programs have done with one another, it's been so amazing to see the relationships that have been built, the collaboration partnerships that have come up, and just how people really are working together to support one another and growing their businesses so that we can support our community at large in improving their health and well-being. I love that you said there's space for everyone around the table because I think a lot of nutritionists need to hear that. There's so many people graduating from nutrition schools, and once you graduate, you can't help but look at really successful um, nutritionists on like you know Instagram or social media, and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to compete with that? But you are so right that there is space for everyone, and that is exactly why I'm having you on this podcast is because you're all about that community, and mm-hmm. I just love that. Can Beautiful. you talk about? Yeah, can you talk about how? You have sustained such a great community and any tips for anyone who is looking to build their own community? Yeah, I think it's really important to first get clear on like, what's your intention for starting this community? So this community was founded in 2016 because our founder, Nadia, um, she had just moved here and she had found that there were a lot of different groups for like wellness enthusiasts and there were a lot of different groups for business owners, but there wasn't really anything that was for the wellness business owner. And so she wanted to create a unique space for individuals like us who could come together and talk about business, but also do so while drinking like a green juice or something like that. Um, And so like, what's your intention? Why do you want to start this community? Do you want to connect people so that they can build friendships and have their own support systems in their community, whether in person or online? Are you wanting to use it as something that leads into your business? Getting clear on the why behind your community is going to make your next steps a little bit more clearly defined. Because if we go into it being like, well, I'm just going to start a community And then we like try to start a Facebook group and post on Instagram and do all these things, but we don't actually know what the actual outcome that we're looking for is. Um, It can lead us to doing a lot of different things that maybe we don't actually need to be doing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And we recommend for a community having a Facebook group. How important is that? Um, I think, you know, it depends. Um, 
Facebook, there's a lot of people who are on Facebook, right? Like the majority of people do utilize Facebook. It's an easy way to connect with one another. It's also a very noisy place. So sometimes um, you can get kind of like lost amidst everything else going on Facebook. I know for me, I'm a member of a lot of different Facebook groups and I don't actually participate in a ton of them. Um, because they're not on my radar often, but maybe that's also because I didn't have as much of a connection to that group. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely that aspect, but, um, Facebook with the Facebook algorithm, it really does favor groups. So if you're an active member of a group, like if I go into a group and I start posting, or if I'm liking posts in there, more posts from that group will show up in my feed. So if you can build up some engagement in your Facebook group, it is really great. Um, Prior to EHF, when I had my personal training business, I had a Facebook group and it was called the Daily Sweat Community. And we would do like fitness challenges and I would post things in there like post your breakfast this morning or do like Facebook live workouts. And it was a really small group. I don't think we ever surpassed like 350 members, but the women in there built such strong relationships with one another. I could disappear from the group for a week and they would be answering one another's questions and offering one another support. I know some of the women even started sending Christmas cards to each other. So it is a really beautiful way for it to be kind of more of like a dialogue back and forth rather than just being on like Instagram where it's more of a one-way conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And to be part of EHF, do you have to be local to Vancouver or can anyone join? Yeah, anyone is welcome to join. So if you find our Facebook group, if you just search EHF, um, our group should pop up. Um, And you can join from anywhere in the world. The majority of our members are here in Vancouver, but especially because we live in such a digital age. And with the way things are going, with not being able to do as many things in person anymore, um, we do plan on doing some more online workshops and things like that. So, you know, I would say that the only prerequisites to join are that you have a desire to help people improve their well-being in some way, shape, or form, and that you're open to being part of a collaborative and supportive community. So it doesn't matter if you don't have a business yet, if you've been in business for 10 years, you know, as long as you're a rad person, you are totally welcome to join us. I love that. I'm sure there is going to be a ton of people who just graduate and they don't have that community feel. So this is such a great little, yeah, this is a great stepping zone for them to meet people in the industry, even if it is in a different country and um, just get that extra support. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the Wellpreneur Academy that you started? Yeah, definitely. So the Wellpreneur Academy is our school for wellness business owners. Um, We do work primarily with new business owners. However, we do have a few in there who have been at it for a while and they're looking to take things to the next level. And essentially what we do here is um, we combine the work that I do. So the more of like the strategic business coaching, um, I teach basic business skills, marketing, sales, messaging, copywriting, things like that. And then we have group coaching calls. And this is personally my favorite because I absolutely love coaching and helping people really dive into that deep inner work that will really allow them to flourish in their businesses. So we bring those two things in together. And it's amazing because, again, it's like a community within a community. So it is 
really born out of the EHF community, but this is for um, individuals who really are committed to the growth of their business. Um, They're ready to invest the time, the energy, the resources, the finances into bringing their dreams to life and to also acknowledging that they have something to contribute to the group as well. So even brand new business owners who might think, I don't have anything to contribute. I don't know anything about business, whether it's like being a hype woman or, you know, just being supportive, sharing your energy, sharing feedback on something. It really is like a collaborative kind of business building community um, with the coaching in there as well. I love that. And how much do you guys charge for that? Yeah, so I wanted to make it really accessible and affordable for new business owners. So we charge $77 a month um, and it's just ongoing. You can join us for one month. You can stay for a year. We started the Academy back in January and, you know, most membership sites, I think if you have like an 80% month to month retention rate, you're doing pretty good and we're at like 95. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, and I think it just goes to show the power of the community and the, the amazing women that we have in our group who are supportive of one another and who really hold one another accountable to doing the things that they say they're going to do. Like this week especially has been really awesome because we've had um, two, new, two of our members launch new programs. Some of our members are landing speaking gigs. They're signing on their first clients, um, writing uh, proposals for business grants. So it's been really, really exciting to see. That's amazing. Congratulations. And you just started in January. So that's yes. huge. Yeah, it's been really cool. That's awesome. So you offer Wellpreneur Academy and then do you offer separate coaching from you? I do. Yeah. So we have our Wellpreneur Academy, which is more like group coaching style. And then I also do one-on-one coaching, which is um, definitely like a deeper experience. So oftentimes it's more of a combination between like personal coaching and business coaching, which theoretically in the Wellpreneur Academy, it ends up being like that too. Um, mm-hmm. but this is for a longer period of time. Like we commit to six months together. There's a deeper container. Um, I will bring in some breath work and some different forms of energy medicine that I work with, um, and really helping people experience a deep level of transformation. I love that. I feel like we could all use some of that as well, especially starting out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super beneficial. I, I started my business and I didn't work with a coach or anything for my first year. The first time I heard about a coach, um, I was like, Oh, cool. Like I'll hop on a discovery call with you. And then she told me how much it was to work with her. And I think at the time it was like $2,000 for three months. And I was shocked. I was like, Oh my goodness, people pay this much money to like have someone hold them accountable for things, not understanding the benefits of coaching. And then about a year after that, I ended up working with that same woman and her prices had dramatically increased. Um, But basically since then, since like my second year of business, I've always had coaches and mentors and groups that I'm a part of because I really, you know, we don't have to do these things on our own. We can fast track our success. And the great thing about coaches is that even if we're super, super self-aware, which so many people are these days, we still always have blind spots. And a coach can um, compassionately and sometimes with a little bit of like butt kicking um, can really help us see where those blind spots are and where we're getting in our own ways. And I love that I have the ability to do that for other people. Mm -hmm. So you would recommend getting a coach right out of graduating nutrition school? 
Yeah, I do think it's a benefit. Now, I will say that when you're like right when you're getting started, there is this period of like things kind of just being messy. And so I wouldn't say that like if you're looking to work with a coach who is wanting to like map out like your whole business plan and everything right from the get go, if you are like super, super set and clear and you know exactly what you want to do, that can be really, really helpful. Um, but sometimes when you're just starting out and if you know you just want to help people, but you don't know in what capacity, um, Having that like really specific, got to have it all figured out right now mentality can be a little bit difficult to work with. So if you are going to find a coach when you're right out of school, find someone who is willing to meet you where you're at. And yeah, to push you on like getting some clarity and bringing in some specificity, but also understanding that in your first year of business, you're probably not going to have it all figured out and that that's okay. We can still make some really meaningful progress. And also to find someone who's willing to work with you on a personal level, because your first year of business is going to bring up so much of your stuff. And it's a really, really big invitation to work through a lot of things that we have maybe not had come to the surface before. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so how would one find a coach? Like if you're new in this, in this industry or you're new and maybe you're not on social media and I feel like it's a lot of, you know, where you see a lot of coaches is on Instagram and whatnot. So what, how would you find about, find a coach that works with you and resonates with you? Yeah, for sure. I would say to reach out to people in your network and ask if they know of anyone. So coaching is super, super popular these days. Most people have either worked with a coach or are working with a coach. And that really is going to be your best, like your best bet, right? Because we can all look at coaches on Instagram and be like, wow, they look so successful. They have a beautiful feed. They're posting about all their client wins. But that's what we see on Instagram, right? We don't actually know what kind of experience they deliver or what their energy is like. So talking to people who have had experience working with certain coaches, um, oftentimes coaches will offer a discovery call or an opportunity to jump on a consultation and to just, you know, see if you two vibe with one another. So that would be my best bet. Uh, for you. And it also works both ways. Like with you as a nutritionist, that word of mouth avenue is likely going to be your biggest source of clients in the beginning. So why not use that to build your support network as well? Mm -hmm. That's a really good piece of advice. And in terms of pricing, is there kind of a rough spectrum that you could expect to pay for a coach? Like, could you give an example of some a price that is ridiculous and you shouldn't pay that much or is is it kind of depends on the person and what they're offering yeah it is all over the map so that coach who when I had initially reached out or when I I think I had gone to one of her workshops or something and then we jumped on a discovery call at the time it was two thousand dollars I think for three months and a year later when I went to work with her it was ten thousand us dollars for three months by the time yeah, by the time we'd finished working together, she was charging thirty thousand US dollars for I think like four months to work together. Um, so you'll find people with that. I've also worked with amazing mentors who have charged um, like five hundred dollars for a package of just a few sessions spaced across as long as you want. 
Um, so pricing is all over the map. Um, it, even within like the nutrition world, you'll likely notice that people will charge lots and lots for their packages and lots will be severely undercharging. So mm-hmm. I would say to really find somebody who, when you connect with them energetically, when you feel like you could trust that person, when you feel like they understand where you are, you feel like they could help you to work with them. And then if the pricing feels a little bit scary, first ask yourself, why does it feel scary? Does it feel scary because it's like 30,000 US dollars and in Canadian dollars, that's like 40,000 and that's more than you even make in a year? If so, okay, cool. But does it feel scary because it's just a bigger investment than you've ever made? Does it feel scary because you know that making this investment is going to ask you to step up and show up for yourself more than you have? You know, in, in any time I've made these big investments with coaches, um, oftentimes the coaching itself is super, super powerful, but simply saying yes to myself and being willing to make that investment in myself, something shifts just from that because it's like you're telling yourself and you're telling the universe that you are here and you are ready and you are committed. And when I'm paying people lots of money, even if they're teaching me something that I feel like I already know, I'm going to listen and I'm going to do everything that we agree upon because I've invested that money and I want to get my money's worth. So be resourceful, sell things around the house if you have to, um, find ways to pick up a few new clients and really look at these opportunities, not as expenses, but as investments, because if done properly, a good coach will help you earn back the money that you invested with them by helping you grow and expand your business. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. And it could be scary for a lot of people who are just getting started and they have no clients and they have no income at the moment with their own business. And what would you recommend in that case? Would you recommend kind of building your own business to start and then finding a coach or just making the investment and saying yes to yourself? Yeah, again, it's it's not really a this or that situation. Um, personally, I, again, would look at like, why am I feeling afraid of investing this money? Do I have no money coming in? Do I have kids to feed? All those kinds of things. Like if so, yeah, like always make sure that you're paying your bills first. Make sure the mouths are fed, the roof is over your head, all of that stuff. But again, are there ways where you can be more resourceful? Can you pick up like some different kind of like freelancing work? Like maybe you're a great content creator. Maybe you can pick up like a serving shift a couple hours a week, making some extra money. If something like if something is really calling to you and if you're really vibing with someone and you feel like they can help you and you feel like they can fast track your success, humans have the ability to create resources when we need them. You know, if I was going to offer someone a coaching package for $1,000. And if they're like, oh, I don't know, that's expensive. I don't have the money. And then if I said, well, here, how about I give you a Tesla for $1,000? They would go and find that $1,000 to buy the Tesla. Mm -hmm. Or our phones break. Um, And let's say it's before our contract ends. So we have to go buy a new phone. People will come up with the resources to go and buy that new phone. So why do we not have the ability to do so to bring our dreams to life a little bit faster? Mm -hmm. So true. And when you 
decided to work with that business coach, did it elevate your business that much more? And did you wish you would have worked with them the year prior? Yeah, I definitely wish I had worked with her the year before. Um, she really helped me a lot in terms of like my mindset and really helping me realize a lot of the ways that I was holding myself back and a lot of the ways that I was not operating at a way that is beneficial for an entrepreneur. I was very stuck in that like hustle, hustle mentality. So she really helped me with that. She helped me launch my first online programs. Um, I would say the coach who I'm working with right now, I've been working with him since October of last year, sorry, August of last year. This has definitely been my biggest leap in, in anyone who I've ever worked with. Um, he's really pushed me to, to focus, to pick directions, because as entrepreneurs, we have so many different things that we can do. And even in my intro, you know, when we talk about the different stuff that I do, probably gives a bit of an indication that I have a lot of different things going on. And he's really pushed me to focus on like building one bridge at a time. And when we do focus, when we do have that clarity, it allows us to accomplish things more quickly than when we're trying to do three or four or 10 different things at once. So yeah, I would definitely say I've earned more than I've invested in my coaching for sure. As a result of the coaching that I've done, I do not think that I would be where I am had I not worked with all of these great coaches and mentors. Mm -hmm. How many have you worked with? Uh, that's a good question. Let me count all my fingers for a minute. I believe I have worked with seven, which makes sense because it's usually been, I usually work with someone like for about a year, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. So yeah, I think I've worked with seven different coaches. Okay. So you basically, how it works is you'll hire one and then you don't feel like you want to work with them again, or you just, they have helped you and you're ready to, um, collaborate with someone else kind of thing? Yeah. So with some, a lot of coaches, they will offer things and like, you know, you commit to working with them for like three months or six months or something like that. Um, and so at the end of those, uh, of those, however long the package was, you can decide, do you want to keep working with this person or do you feel ready to move on? And personally, as a coach, um, and this was always my philosophy as a personal trainer as well, I feel that when, um, when someone is ready to move on from working with me, provided that they're moving on on good terms, that I've done my job. I feel like, you know, my intention is to have somebody feel like they don't need me anymore. When someone's ready to fly from the nest, I've done my job. And so the coaches who I've worked with who have really done that powerful job in like supporting me in teaching me in guiding me um after I essentially like get what I need from them or I've had the had the shifts had the expansion I sometimes feel ready to go at it on my own for a few months and then somebody else might come into my life and I decide to work with them so it's um there's a number of different ways that you can do it with people, but I would say that if you're working with someone and you get the vibe that they're like trying to keep you working with them like over and over and over again, um, that 
they may not necessarily have your best interest at heart if you feel like information's being withheld or anything like that. If you just want to keep working with them because you love them and you're having an amazing experience, that's awesome. Um, but something that we do have to be really mindful of in the personal development world, in the wellness world, all of that kind of thing is this like dependency model where we try to create clients who are like dependent upon us, which is not empowering and is not really what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And with your one-on-one coaching, how do you structure it? Is it month to month or is it a six-month contract? Yeah. So I work with clients for six months. And then okay. if they decide that they'd like to work with me after that, we just go month to month after that. Okay. And what's your unicorn client? Mm, my unicorn client is somebody who is open to the energetic world. So look interested in like spirituality, in energy, in mindset, and how that plays into business. Because I really do approach business as a spiritual practice. So somebody who is open to that. And most importantly, someone who is coachable. So by being coachable, I mean being willing to take feedback, being willing to take a deeper look at themselves, even if it's something that they don't necessarily agree with. Um, Because oftentimes, as I've talked about a few times here, we are holding ourselves back in ways that we don't realize. And so my work is a lot easier with my clients and they experience transformations a lot more quickly when they're open to looking at the ways that they may be holding themselves back rather than just blaming external circumstances or not being willing to look at those things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And what are some patterns that you see working with coaches that maybe are, or clients that maybe your audience could resonate with or certain, I guess, blockages you see? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, a really common one is imposter syndrome. So this feeling of, I don't know enough. I need to get another certification. I need to get more training. Um, I can't work with XYZ client because I feel like they'll know more than me. And this is a very, very common thing to experience as new entrepreneurs, even when you've been at it for a while. Like I just started working with a new client supporting her in business And she has a business that has generated significantly more revenue than my business has. And I had a moment of being like, oh, wow, can I actually coach this person? But I think what's important to remember is that all we need to know is to know a little bit more than somebody else in order to help them. So Mm -hmm. if you're just starting your wellness business, you're just starting your nutrition business, do you know a little bit more about nutrition than somebody? If so, amazing. You can help them. And as you go and through your work and you get more experience working with clients, you're going to start to realize that even if you're working with knowledgeable people, you still likely have a deeper understanding of how certain foods interact with their bodies or how different environmental conditions can impact an individual's lifestyle and things like that. So it takes a little bit of willingness to kind of push yourself and get yourself out there, even if you don't feel ready to show yourself that you actually are ready and that you actually can help people. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And are you currently taking, oh, sorry. Right, you go ahead. I was just going to ask if you're currently taking clients now. 
Yeah, I do have a couple of spots available. Because I do work with clients at a deeper level, I do have to limit how many one-on-one clients I take on at a time, just so that I can honor both um, the energy of my clients and make sure that I'm leaving space for myself. Um, But I do have a couple spots open. Nice. And do your programs start whenever your client is ready? Or is it like once in January, once in July? Or do you have a kind of a protocol around that? Yeah. So for my one-on-one work, it's essentially whenever somebody's feeling the call and if I have the space available to support them, we are able to get started. For the Wellpreneur Academy, um, we typically only open registrations at certain times throughout the year. And we're actually going to be reworking how we open things up and that will be shifting kind of in the fall. But if anyone's listening, if anyone's interested in the Wellpreneur Academy, I actually don't know when this is going live, but um, if you feel like that's something that's calling to you, we might not be taking um, like open applications at that time, but feel free to hit me up and we can chat about whether it's a fit and if you would like to come and learn and grow with us. I love that. I am sure there's going to be some people calling you because you just have good insight and I mean, I'm sure you're going to get some calls to be, to be a someone's coach. I mean, you just gave such good insight. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Ariana, because you have built such a good community and you've been so supportive. I mean, we've never even met in person, but I definitely feel your support via social media and you're always, you're always being so active and, um, doing, everything that you can to show up for your community. So thank you. Um, I wanted to ask, oh yeah, no worries. I wanted to ask, um, how do you show up? And you seem, you seem like you have so much going on and how do you show up for your community daily? I see you show up daily. And so any advice for an entrepreneur who doesn't really like being in front of the camera or showing up or just getting started? Hmm. Yeah, so there's there's kind of two parts that I will that I'll speak to for this. So the first is with regards to showing up. And it's funny, I have a lot of people tell me now how, um, you know, they compliment me on like my public speaking ability and stuff like that. And I absolutely love public speaking now. I love coming on podcasts, doing things like this. But I used to be terrified of it. I did a talk at one of our local running rooms. I think it was in 2014. And I was scheduled for a 30-minute presentation. I was done in like 12 minutes because I just talked so fast because I wanted to get it done and over with. I was shaking. I was nervous. Um, I actually still have a few clients who I work with from a fitness standpoint who were at that presentation and they still kind of make fun of me for how nervous I was. Um, and it just takes- <laughs> So I did a Facebook live. Um, this is when Facebook lives were more popular. Now it might be like Instagram live or something like that, but I did yeah. a Facebook live every single day for a year. It took maybe like a couple days off on like holidays and stuff, but I just practiced getting myself out there, showing up, talking about things, connecting with people, being willing to make mistakes. I see these videos pop up in my Facebook memories now and I have to like laugh and also really acknowledge myself for showing up even when I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And it was through that practice that allowed me to get really, really comfortable and to find my voice. 
So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's like finding, I don't know if there's like online Toastmasters things these days where you can practice public speaking, going on Instagram live because it disappears after 24 hours, going on IG stories and then deleting it if you hate it, but just getting into the habit of showing up, showing your face and seeing too, like oftentimes we'll start to get more feedback from people because people want to connect with you as a human being and not always just like the fancy quotes that we like to share. So Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that I would suggest. And then with regards to like showing up daily and doing all of these things, um, I am always very open and transparent about this. I do not do everything all on my own. So I have a team that works with me. Um, Courtney is amazing. She's often behind the scenes on our um, EHF Instagram. So she helps me a ton with them, with our Instagram, because prior to Courtney coming on, our Instagram was not very lively. So Courtney helps me out a lot. I have virtual assistants who will help me with like the tech side of things, um, managing administrative stuff. I still have a few fitness coaching clients and I have a trainer who works for me, who helps me like run our group training program and takes on new clients. And I always was of the mindset of I should hire somebody before I feel ready. So I hired my first virtual assistant in 2015 before I felt like I could afford it. I hired hired her for like two hours a week, just helping me like stay on top of like reaching out to people and stuff like that. So if you're in your very, very beginning stages of business, this might not be the time to hire someone. Maybe it is if it's in terms of building your website and stuff, but just keep that idea in the back of your mind. You know, like what are the things that I'm doing right now that I don't actually need to be doing that before I feel ready, I can bring on somebody else and we can hire help in our business in a very affordable way. And it also makes you feel like a super boss because then you're like, yeah, I have a team and it's not just me in this business. I love that. That's amazing. And I feel like you, you're so confident and you know what you're doing. And it's like, oh, I just want to be where you are. (laughs) I have to laugh because like, I, I do want to acknowledge, I'm really trying to get in the habit of like acknowledging that like, yes, I have done good work and I've been here for a long time and I'm knowing these things, but I still like Five years from now, if someone asked me to write a five-year business plan, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in five years. I have no idea where I'm going to be in 10 years. You know, it's, I think the, what um, has really allowed me to get to this point is I've just really cultivated this sense of trust in myself and this connection to my intuition that I am just willing to allow myself to be guided wherever I'm feeling drawn, even if I don't necessarily know where that's taking me. So I think I'm more confident in my intuition than I am in myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is a huge gift that not a lot of people have. Mm. I would argue that. I feel like we have it. We just don't have a connection to it. We have all of these, um, things and we're always looking to things that tell us that they know what's best for us and we're always turning to resources and experts and we're trying to consume all of this information and that starts to dampen our connection to ourselves but I do believe that every single person is intuitive and everybody has the ability to tap into that intuition we just it comes back to that slowing down piece and allowing that those messages and that guidance to come through and it doesn't come through when we're hustling all the time Mm -hmm. Totally agree. So 
well, I know we're running out of time, but really quick, what would be some ways to tap into your intuition? I like to do it in kind of just like a fun way to begin. So I like to um, encourage people to tap into it in what I call low stakes environments. So maybe you don't want to use your intuition to like pick your niche in your business if you're brand new to like connecting to your intuition. But can you use it if you're at a restaurant where you usually spend a lot of time trying to figure out what you want to order? Can you just go with that first hit? Or can you use your intuition to guide you on a walk? Do you want to turn this way? Do you want to turn that way? Can you use it to guide how you move your body in the morning? And I know intuitive eating is a very common thing these days. So finding like smaller, more simple ways to start to connect to your intuition can show you that um, it's actually not scary, that we actually do get um, insights and we do receive this guidance. And Also know too that we can receive guidance in a number of different ways. So some people might actually like um, see visions. Sometimes people will like hear like messages or things in their minds. For me, it comes more as kind of just like a knowing or a feeling in my body. Like I have very clear yeses and nos that show up in my body. Um, So start to or to just like pay attention. Again, take that space to slow down a little bit throughout your day and just look for those little subtle messages and pings and pops that are coming in throughout the day and pay attention to how they're coming in. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I'm definitely a big intuitive eating advocate. So that makes sense, Beautiful. I guess. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. Well, we're kind of running out of time. I have two final questions, but I also um, want you to share where people can find you on social media or email you where maybe someone's interested in reaching out about the Wellpreneur Academy or hiring you as a coach. Yeah, totally. Um, So you can find us on Instagram, EHF Vancouver. It's usually Courtney who's behind there, but if uh, there's any questions for me or anything like that, she will direct them to me. And if you want to come hang out with me on Instagram, I post a lot of content about like spirituality, breath work, um, still some talk about business and things like that. Um, I do have a very un-Instagrammable name, so I don't know if it'll be in show notes or anything, but it's at Ariana Fotinakis. And I absolutely love chatting with people. So even if you just want to come and say, hey, and tell me all about what you're doing and what you're creating, I would love to hear from you. Love that. And I will definitely put your Insta in the show notes. So okay, cool. thank you. Um, my two final questions I'm going to ask everyone on this podcast If you were hosting a dinner party, what would be your go-to dish to make? Mm, That is a really good question. Um, I absolutely love pizza. And I feel like pizza would be good too if you're having a dinner party because you could make a number of different kinds of pizzas. So yeah, I would have to say I'd make lots and lots of pizza. (laughs) That's a great one. And then this one's more business focused. What is your best productivity hack? Mm, best productivity hack. I think if we're looking for typical productivity um, tips, that one that I had suggested earlier about like setting a timer and like 
when I say I don't do anything else for 45 minutes, I mean it. Like unless I really have to go to the bathroom, I'll go to the bathroom. But like no checking notifications, nothing like that. Stay focused for those 30, 45, however many minutes you decide to set aside. Give yourself 10 minutes to do whatever you want and then get back to it. So that would be from a product, like traditional productivity standpoint, my top one. Um, But outside of that, I would say to find out what allows you to just quiet your brain. So whether that's meditation, whether that's exercise, going for a walk, looking at trees, anything like that, the more we do give our brains an opportunity to rest, the more they can actually work when it's time to work. So that would be like a secondary tip. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ariana, for being on here and sharing all of your amazing community expertise and your coaching expertise I think that anyone who listened to this is going to gain a lot from that so thank you again for being on here I appreciate thank you this was so much fun I really enjoyed our chat I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to subscribe to Newly Nutrition, the podcast for weekly episodes that will guide you to build the health and wellness business of your dreams. And also make sure to add yourself in the Newly Nutrition Facebook group so we can connect and be wellness biz besties for life. Bye.